0: What's up, world? This is Cloud Conversations with Loriano Mikado.
1: I'm Harvey Banks. The
0: podcast where two longtime friends talk about anything and everything, from our daily life to pop culture to shit that'll make you say, what the fuck? On today's podcast, we'll talk about Kanye West's recent interview with Joe Rogan. We'll also go back to last week's topic of We the People, the Customers of the United States. This is going to be an interesting one, folks. Tune in. Let's go. What's up, man? what's up what's up how's it going
1: hey not too bad not too bad
0: nice did you have a
1: good weekend i know you worked over the weekend correct yeah i worked over the weekend and i did talk to you during one of
0: my breaks kind Mm -hmm. of tell you a little bit about it and you know kind of just guy trying to find the right fit for myself but uh it's going well you know this weekend especially like fall winter kicking in Uh i'm doing a lot more um uh self-reflecting for myself because summer's over so today will be my last day of smoking cigarettes and uh (laughs) started drinking i started drinking a gallon of water a day so i'll probably uh dip out a few times to take a couple piss breaks and stuff like that but uh you know it's
1: it's to the future baby it's the perfect time to share something right so i remember earlier maybe earlier this year or last year I was explaining to someone like how me and you are connected through this weird universe, right? Yeah. And yeah, so like everything that you always go through, I end up doing kind of the same things, right? And yeah. so like today was like the first day that I didn't eat meat or dairy again. Hey. Just because but for me, it was just because, you know, my stomach's been so fucked up. And I know it's because I've been eating like shit, right? So yeah. like t- today, I already feel better for one which nice. is crazy right what, but they, like, what
0: day is this is
1: they two no. they well yeah technically two technically two i guess yeah. but um but yeah and that was uh it's challenging but i'm like into challenges now you know what i mean like i want to okay. for the for the remainder of this year i just want to like challenge myself to see what i'm capable of in a lot of different things right and exactly. so it's it was very interesting that you said you said that. That's why I laughed. I wasn't laughing at you stopping smoking. <laughs> I was laughing because like here we go again. You know what I mean? I'm All like, right, damn. <laughs> still connected. You know? <laughs> oh no, yeah, there's definitely some weird synchronicity
0: going on with us. And and I always feel like that. So if I'm like in a certain phase, in a especially summertime, it's kind of like my party mode. sometimes where where like I love to go have beers with people and I'll you know I'll mm-hmm. smoke some cigarettes and stuff like and partake in social events, but back of my consciousness i know if i'm doing that i know the connection with you we're yeah. in that same vibe and like we know we can do be doing better so that's, yeah. it's interesting
1: and the funny thing is like so you're you're relaxing in your party phase like you say like during the summer where you're smoking and you're drinking and you're just having a good time yeah usually what what that correlates to on my end is eating whatever i want to eat and barely leaving the house <laughs> It's, right. And trust me, it is just as uh, what, uh, dangerous, you know what I mean? But yeah. it's it's the same, like, that's my vice. My vice is literally I would just stay in the house. I'll eat whatever I want to eat. I don't want to see friends. I don't want to see family. It's just I'll just shut myself off, you know what I mean? Yeah, so now if, nice. if you shut yourself off and you're doing some productive shit, that's good. That's not what's happening with me. I'm eating, right? <laughs> right <laughs> I'm yeah. eating and I'm, yeah. And it's, it's just deep down as well. I know this is not sustainable, right? Especially hey. with all the plans I got coming up. So
0: yeah, exactly.
1: And that's why one reason I want to quit smoking. It's um, uh, mm-hmm.
0: because uh, I, I did it for a year and I was just better focused. It was just like, what am I going to do with my time when essentially quote, people say they're bored. And that's what I was filling in these, blank gaps with was you know like drinking or partying or smoking cigarettes but i was getting i was being so productive and yeah. you know I, I missed that and speaking with the plant-based you know i've been plant-based now for probably 14 months going on yeah and and it was like i'll wake up every day without feeling bloated or like nasty yeah. or like groggy anymore because of that I and mean, that feels fucking amazing
1: Boy, I wake up. I, I was waking up every day feeling like a goddamn whale, like <laughs> just it. It's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and it it has to hit that point to where you're finally like, okay, I've had enough. And yeah, like I'm going on probably eight days in a row, and my stomach was just like shit. Like it was so bad, and I was like, it's like everything I would eat would just make my stomach hurt so bad, and I it's like. It's my stomach telling me, like you're abusing me, you fucker. Like I'm gonna fight back, right? Like, yeah. and so it's like, okay, fine, you win. Let's let's go. But then it got me just, um, it got me thinking about like discipline and things like that, and like wanting to see if a lot of the times I just I feel like I want to see if I am who I think I am, right? And you yeah. can only do that. You can only find that out through like adversity and challenge. Mm-hmm. That's really when you, and so I'm just like, I feel good mentally. I feel like I'm in a really good space mentally. Yeah. So physically is the only next thing to follow. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. There's like so many boxes we have to check up, check off as human beings. Cause mm. you don't drink and, and you don't smoke. Nope. And so it's, it's the food thing. And so once it's we the food. You, and I love that you don't drink and smoke because you already mocked off those boxes to give your mind full yeah. benefit, but now it's the food aspect of it.
1: And I hope that people hearing this knows that like, that is, it's just as toxic. Like right. the relationship that you can have with food is just as dangerous as the drinking and the smoking. It really is. You know, what's and just, just as expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> They call it comfort food for a reason, right? But how much comfort can you really take in with the food aspect of it? You know, Listen, that's interesting. If you,
1: if you get too comfortable, you will find discomfort real fast.
0: Yep. And too much like comfort a always
1: leads. <laughs> too much comfort always leads to discomfort. Yep. That's a bar right there. Yeah. Somebody ought hard. to take that, take that, and run with it. Change exactly. everything if you need to. <laughs>
0: that's right. Chop that shit up and screw
1: it. Exactly. But hey, so listen, I wanted to get back into kind of where we left off. Uh, What was that? I guess that was Thursday night when we were speaking about politics and about us being the customers when it comes to this political game. Mm -hmm. I've been, so I'm going to give kind of my thesis first. I have been kind of thinking about it because we were like, you know, well, as the customers, like what can we do? Like what options do we have to combat a system that isn't really designed for us to win or lose. It's just designed to be there. You know what I mean? For us to kind of rely on it and for it to be there to invoke when they may need to invoke whatever it is they need to invoke. And I know it sounds vague, but like, this is kind of where I'm at with the political system is like, they're not doing anything. Does that make sense? Like it's a, it's a, it's a show to them and all you have to do is show up. And so to me, the government is like, you ever worked at a factory and you've got the old guy that's been at the factory for 29 years. He's waiting for his 30th year to retire. So he doesn't do anything and nobody really expects him to do anything but show up because he can still lose his job for not clocking in. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what the government is to me. They don't they're not doing anything. But deep down, I don't think we expect them to, but yet we still get disappointed if they don't clock in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I was thinking to myself, what is there any savior from this? And the only thing they're coming for is again. The, Jesus Christ. Is that the sirens? And is that is that in your background? Yeah, that's my background. Conversation's and- getting too real they already know they already know. But anyways, <laughs> the, the only way I believe that we come out of this is a complete destruction of like the ideas that we have about government and what it is now. And I think our only savior is a third independent party that actually threatens the existence of the other two parties. Right. Okay. And I think we have a very small window to make that happen. Now, I'll be the first to say, logistically I don't know what that looks like or how it how it functions, right? But I do have the broad the overall scope of this. I believe it has to be the tech industry, right? Because the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, they are built on values that are Literally, at this point, over 200 and something years old, right? Yeah. So the electoral college system hasn't been updated since the election of 1800. We are still electing a president the same way now that they did in 1800, even though it's been proven twice to not be that effective. And it actually suppresses individual votes so i went back and i kind of i didn't do a lot of research because i don't want to make it sound like i i, I studied but I, my curiosity took me to a few different places right okay let's hear it. and so the electoral college it's it's let's let's take it back to philadelphia when the founding fathers of this country they got together in philadelphia and they decided that we were going to make a constitution right and these words are going to be binding under this nation. This is how we are going to go forward and do these things. In those meetings, how we voted for president was not agreed upon by everyone, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Someone said it should just be a popular vote. And people were kind of for the popular vote until someone from the South jumped up. I believe it was a representative for Thomas Jefferson. I could have that wrong. Don't fact check me on that one. But we'll, we'll go, we're going to go with Thomas Jefferson, right? And he was basically like, if we do it that way, the south will have the north will get to determine everything because the population of the north is much larger than the population of the south. Why is that? That is because the majority of the people living in the south at that time are enslaved people. so if you go so by their laws you can't count them in your population because they're not people they're property right right so they were like we can't go with that route because then the south is literally just at the will of whatever the north northern states the free states want to do you have the most votes so the electoral college comes up and then it's like it's still kind of based on the idea that population tied to state is how many electoral votes you're going to get. And so they come to a compromise, right? And the South decides we are going to count our slaves as three fifths of a man. They're not all the way men. Cause if you make them all the way men, then like this document is invalid if you don't give them the right to vote. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we're going to make them three fifths of a man. That way they could count towards the population of the states. So there's states right now to this day, like Virginia that has so many more electoral college votes than states that have three times its population because it was built on the amount of slaves they had in 1800. They still have the same amount of electoral college votes. (laughs) And it's like, the idea that we hold ourselves so bound to these words that was written by these men who I do believe were doing the best they could for the time that they were living in. Yeah. The fact that we're still following it blindly today should tell you it's the system. There's something, there's another reason you have to hold on to this system. And it's not because, it's not progress, it's not rule, it's not law. It's, I believe, that both the Republicans and the Democrats ultimately had one goal in mind over all these years. And that is to protect the voting and keep it pretty much to white men that own property. Because everything that seemed to change, everything changed, but... The one system that we can have to put people into power, it's still the same way. And so the problem with the Electoral College is it's not a one-for-one one vote. You can't tell me that my vote matters when it doesn't because Pennsylvania just has way more Electoral College votes than Indiana does. Mm-hmm. You can lose Indiana and still become president. It's very, very difficult to lose Pennsylvania and still become president. It's very difficult to lose Ohio, Michigan, Virginia, Georgia, these states, and become president. So all votes aren't created equal. So to me, at its basis, you are holding on to a flawed system. And I I don't believe that either side is willing to let go of that system. But that reminds me of the battle of technology. People hold on to these old things and they didn't want to embrace technology for the longest time. Remember, the internet was supposed to be a fad. Like, There's, there's no way, guys. Like, No, 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 no. In 1999, not that long ago, clearly, had you told someone that you were going to get on your phone on the internet use your debit card and get a stranger to come and pick you up and take you to where you want to go you would have been looked at like the most reckless human on earth right they're going yeah, like to <laughs> kill you they're going to they're going to they're going to they're going to kill you they're going to hack into your bank like the ideas of what the internet was was ridiculous And if you look at it now, it's like my grandma could probably take an Uber if she needed to. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so why would government, I believe that that's the only thing that's going to be able to change government is the times and technology is going to change so much that that's where the pressure has to come. It has to come from the people, the youth, and the embracing of this new tech world because tech has power now. Tech had money 10 years ago. We knew this. But tech now has power that people don't have. Now, the problems with that, I did think about this, and the problem is getting everyone on the same page, right? Yeah. To to advance forward. And I don't know how that happens, and I know it, it has to happen with, it has to have a basis to trust, and that's a very hard thing to do nowadays. But... Again, if we're just creating any possible solution that's just better than the one now, that's kind of where I'm at. I don't have the logistics of it, but I think it's going to take young people and tech to actually end up changing how we govern. And until that happens, it's not going to change. And I believe it is also why there is so many fucking laws and bylaws being written to slow down tech. Because they see that as their threat. I think the old government sees tech as shit. We can't control this. And that's why they're calling them to Capitol Hill to to testify before Congress. What does this mean? What does that mean? And I think they're trying to discredit it as much as they can just to slow down this process of perhaps this two party way that you do business period is over or it's coming to an end because next Tuesday, I don't know what it's going to look like if Donald Trump loses. Hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like if Donald Trump wins for the mere fact that with such, he's used fear to challenge the legality of the, of the vote already. So if he loses, he's already built it in the excuse that it was rigged. He's already rigged the Supreme Court to where all he has to do is contest the election. Contest it twice, it'll get into the courts and the Supreme Court can rule on who's going to be the president. Well, I don't know if anyone notices, but yesterday he just loaded the Supreme Court. And on another side note for pushing her through to the Supreme Court that fast, Next week, she is going to hear a case that determines if Donald Trump has to has to make his taxes public or not. Hmm. Next week. That's a hell of a first week in the job, right?
0: Yeah.
1: It, it's almost like he had so much confidence in you for a reason, right? <laughs> She's also gonna hear within the week a case that could possibly flip the abortion laws. She's also gonna hear a case. That could possibly change who gets to actually choose president once it goes through the judicial system, if they contest the election. I don't think any of this is by chance. I think someone's going to try to steal this election or it's just going to have so many question marks around it. There will not be a peaceful transfer of power. And instantly, if that happens, your democracy is broken and it can't be fixed. Why? you don't have the trust anymore. There's no trust in the process. So if this change is gonna happen, I think our window is now.
0: Now, how do we get That's that okay. change? What do you
1: think? What do you mean how would you get the change?
0: So the change of uh, for the people, by the people and this whole technology-based, what change would that look to you in, uh, in your ideal world?
1: In my ideal world, what that change would look like to me would be.
0: Like, do we have a president or do we have these?
1: Yeah, I still like the idea of having um of having a president, a spokesperson to me, what a president should be is not a decision maker, but maybe a tiebreaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and we switch this to the popular vote. Get rid of the Electoral College. Let's go to the popular vote. Because now that person is literally put in by the people, right? You might not have voted for him. But if the majority of the country did vote for him, that's that's a direct representation of what this country is, right? Currently, it's not. We've been living for four years with without a representation of how the country actually feels. He won the Electoral College he did not win the popular vote. You know what I mean? So like, I believe it, that's the phase one is get rid of that popular vote. Once we have someone that we trust represents America as we voted it, I believe it could be transparency, the delivery of information. Cause right now we're getting info. We're getting info. Like we had a conversation. I think it might've been episode one about the importance, well, I spoke about the importance of Twitter for me, right? It's mm-hmm. how I get good information fast. We're getting that now, but we're getting it from someone we don't trust, right? So yeah. I don't know if it has to, if the if the information has to come through that outlet, but I think the future looks like transparency and streamlining of processes. There is absolutely no reason It takes so long to do these certain things in government, but then there are things that it doesn't take long to do, right? Because they just rushed a Supreme Court judge in record time. They did this thing faster than anyone else has ever done it. Why is that? It's because they needed it, right? So it's like there is systems in place to where things can be done in a timely manner. It just never seems to be that way voting explain to me why the fuck that i can file my taxes online securely and they have no questions or doubt if it's actually me but i can't vote Mm,
0: yeah that's definitely it's definitely going to be there it's going to come up soon (laughs) but that's a great point why can't we vote online
1: imagine the the voting turnout if we could just do it online if i can log in and pay my taxes and set up everything with the government there's nothing else I can't do online.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But I can't <laughs> vote online.
0: Yeah. With how many people use the internet freely and daily, daily. it's crazy
1: that we don't we don't vote online. They're probably banking
0: on people just
1: not, not making that extra step.
0: Yeah.
1: It's because everybody's watching the news and it's like, oh, shit, they're waiting in line eight hours to vote? Shit, I live in Indiana. My presidential vote don't even count, bro. <laughs>
0: yeah. And then what do we have? A, a, just a spike in recently? covid cases is there right yeah
1: listen listen and then the supreme court passed last week well i don't know because so low states control how the election works in indiana our maybe it's the superior court here they passed that you can't to get an absentee ballot in indiana you have to have a reason you can't just mail in vote we are one of the few states that still doesn't just allow universal mailing voting. You have to have a reason, bro. Tell me why they came out and said having COVID ain't a reason.
0: <laughs>
1: it's not a valid. You can't put that I have COVID and I'm in quarantine. That's not a valid reason. You can put that you're on vacation, and that's oh, a valid reason. But COVID ain't a valid reason. It's crazy. like they're act, they're actively trying to keep people from voting. Yeah, tech can change that. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat. Or millisecond. Changes. And now if tech changes that there's more young people than old people, young people. T- and the reason I say that is young people tend to be more liberal than olders and, and not all of them, but I mean, it's there is a reason they're trying their hardest to keep people from voting because I think it flips everything. If everyone could vote online and everyone votes on election day, I don't think Trump has a chance in hell. But the I but the the truth is not everyone's going to. Cause I gotta be honest, bro. I'm debating if I'm gonna stand in that line or not. Right. It's gonna depend on I'm going on Thursday to try to early vote. Cause apparently those aren't that long here where I live at in Hamilton okay. County. If if it's not long, then yeah, I'll I'll have my vote, I'll cast my vote. If it's long, I can tell you right now, I'm not coming back next Tuesday. I'm not waiting eight and a half hours, nine hours in goddamn line. I'm not doing it. I don't believe in the process enough. If it's convenient for me, I'll vote. And I I would beg to, I think there's a lot more people like me out there when it comes to that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. The more
1: I investigate and the more I I educate myself on the voting process and how all of this shit actually works, it's disgusting. It's old. It's literally 200 years old. There's nothing else in this world that we would hold on to like this. Nothing.
0: Exactly. But we're still even fighting through it and hold on to it. What I would like to see, I'm, I'm pretty radical in my thinking, But I feel like, you know, everyone's waking up and they're like, hey, there's some weird shit going on. I don't like it. And, you know, COVID kind of like shook people up, too. But I wish everyone almost did the opposite, where the whole population of the United States was like, I'm not going to vote. Let's see what happens. If nobody voted, because, hey, we don't agree with the system. Fuck both these parties. Nobody's going to vote. We're going to fucking next. Who else you got in the lineup? And let's interview these cats and go from there.
1: I I like that idea. I like, I don't, and again, I don't mind having the, the two party thing is, is tricky, but I don't mind them keeping the parties. But like, I don't like the idea that a party can tell us who their candidates going to be. Like, if I like Bernie, like everyone else liked Bernie. Yeah. But you tell me that it has to be, if I vote Democratic, it has to be Biden. Why? Yeah. More people liked Bernie. Why would you not want Bernie? Like you see what I mean? Like he can't be on the ballot as a Democrat because the convention chose Biden. Then it, it doesn't really matter then. Like you see, does that make sense? Like yeah, that's exactly. not freedom. That's not freedom. Like that's choose our guy. Like
0: <laughs> Exactly. So let's let's go into uh the customers of the United States, you know, especially watching the election. And then you showed me this clip afterwards of where Right after the election, Biden was already asking for some money for his campaign. You want to talk about
1: that? Yes. So we were texting during the debate because it was quite comical, parts of it. And the debate was, what was it, 30 minutes after we finished recording, right? And we had just talked about being customers and the needs for the amount of money that goes into these failed campaigns and where the money goes to and then what happens if the money ain't spent or they lose and this this and that so the debate goes off and as everyone that's seen it knows it was a little bit better than the first time but it was still a bunch of they spent a lot of time talking about shit that nobody really wanted to talk about and the things that we were interested in talking about they jumped right over boom that's the third debate immediately after I jump into my Facebook instantly. The first thing I see was a real time ad about the debate being over and we're in the home stretch, donate money to the Biden Harris campaign right then and there. So it's like it to me, it almost felt like they wanted to, they wanted me to pay for my entertainment that I just watched. (laughs) Yeah. Like they wanted me to pay for it. And it's like, Even as today, I seen a commercial on TV about text this number and donate to the campaign. Fam, it's a week away. Yeah. If you don't got it figured out by now, Joe, it's not going to work, bro. Like, what are you talking about? Shouldn't your budget be about set? (laughs) Like, why do you still need this money? I'm so confused, right? And it's just like. That's weird to me, and that turns me off instantly as well. Er, Again, early in campaign, I do understand donating money to campaigns. Goes to advertising, goes to daily operations, all those things. Six days before the goddamn election? Nah, nah, y'all should have niggas had that plan. Y'all should have had that planned out. What are you talking about? I'm not giving you a penny. And then you want us to give a penny. I'm sorry to be rambling and not literally let you talk, but like, I don't, this This subject's got me hotter than I thought it would. (laughs) But it's like, you have the nerve to immediately after a debate, ask people to donate money to you. When during that debate, the people wanted to hear what y'all were going to do to help the American people that are struggling to pay their fucking rent at the end of this week. What are
0: you going to do for us? At the
1: end of this week, people are going to be getting evicted at the end of the fucking week. And neither of them wanted to talk about it. They didn't talk about it. They just didn't. But you have the fucking nerve to ask the American people who are already hurting. To donate money to help you win in four, five, six days. Shut the fuck up, man. Like somebody, they need to be slapped for that. It's disgusting. They just need to be slapped for that. It's like you. And then, then to me, it tells me that like y'all have no fucking clue y'all are clueless you live in this bubble in washington and in in you're just fucking clueless like it's just classless i would never i would never people are starving bro starving yeah and you like hey donate text this number and donate they can't their cell phones cut off bro they need that <laughs> stimulus right. they That's- need it they need that stimulus And as of right now, COVID is worse than it's ever been, and we're surging again. They are putting bodies in refrigerators again because they're running out of room in morgues. ICU beds are starting to hit capacity again. They're going to have to float the boats in the middle of the fucking Hudson River again to have a floating hospital because it's getting out of hand. And this nigga Donald Trump is running around today talking about, we've turned the corner. We beat it. I'm immune. It's like, what are you talking about? And then Mitch McConnell sent the Senate home today. Huh? Because they did what they wanted to do. And that was vote her ass in yesterday. He sent them home today. So there goes your, there goes your stimulus at least until November 9th. Because the Senate doesn't have to come back until November the 9th. So they can't vote on it. Yeah, and then let the me tell you what's going to happen if donald trump and the republicans lose because it's looking like they can lose quite a bit of senate seats you think them motherfuckers is gonna give you something knowing they're on their way out the door fuck that you're gonna have to wait until january 20th when biden and the democrats take over and then i'd be careful why what's the incentive they got four years to play with your money and play with your time if they want to Yeah. They don't actually have to come through on all those fucking promises they made. Now look what you done. You got me hot already. Ain't this about a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> I said I wasn't gonna go deep into this, but you took me there.
0: It's supposed to get you hot, man. This is this, oh, is, this is, we're God. living in this earth. You know, we're all part of this world and we all gotta deal with it. People need to hear it. Yes. I Let agree. me ask you though, what do you think about um uh, P Diddy's uh, black political party that he wants to create.
1: So a couple, yeah, I, I've seen that, and so it's not a party he's creating; it's a, it's a party that already exists that he is putting his resources behind. Not to knock it or anything, I still think that's fucking phenomenal. Actually, I think it's a better thing because the people that like led the party, one is like a she was she's a sitting mayor of a city now the other was a former congressman or something like that so it's people with political backgrounds that started this black party he's just kind of putting his 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 resources behind it owning revolt and being able to get word out to the masses is a big deal and financially he can put his recess resources behind it it's um we have to see more i don't mind it i'm in i'm in sure let's go but what 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 are you talking about doing? You know what I mean? What's yeah. the action point? And not saying they don't have any. I just don't know enough yet. But I did see that. And I thought it was people were trying to knock him. And like, I never knock people trying to do something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit, no, he tried, yeah. he's trying to do something. I, I don't know enough about it, though. What you think when you seen it? Did you think it was a good idea?
0: It's like, I get it. He's trying to secure the black vote, especially with, you know, we have these two parties here, especially when asked about what they're going to do for black people in general to, to help out. And mm-hmm. they really didn't answer that during the debate. They kind of just mm-hmm. like fished around Neither it. Especially um. Trump just diverted. And even the moderator was like, Hey, let's stay on the subject. Cause about race. Cause this is important. People want to hear yeah. what the fuck you going to do. Just a, a
1: slight interjection on that, right? So yeah. when the when the moderator asked him, asked said asked the questions about race, I looked over at Jesse and I was like, Listen, Trump is about to say, I've done more for black people than anyone since Abraham Lincoln. I like them. They like me. I said he's also gonna bring up I gave money to HB historically black colleges for the next 10 years. Good people, fine people. I laughed. I said, if they don't, if he doesn't say that first, I will eat your ass tonight.
0: Yeah.
1: She didn't get her ass ate. The first thing he fucking (laughs) said, right? (laughs) I was like, exactly. He says that Trump has the same bars about black people everywhere he speaks. He always says the same thing. I've done more for them since Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. You mean the nigga that freed us from slavery? (laughs) <laughs> That's a bold statement, bro like, <laughs> and it's it's just it was just funny like you but you're right they none of, they didn't want to talk about race and I don't know how you can have a debate and not talk race right now. yeah, exactly.
0: and he's been president for four years, and it's like just show us show us what you've done. Give us yes. some credibility about you as a, our leader of the free world what do you what are you doing to take care of this? and yeah. he pretty much said
1: nothing. Yeah. So, and it and and in his defense, the same with Joe. Oh, yeah, definitely with Joe too. Yeah, not a fucking thing. Like nothing, nothing, not even a. I don't know what to do. I would even. I, I would have took this from one of them. Can I be honest? I don't know what to do. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna have a panel, and I'm gonna get. You know, people that know more about these kind of issues and and possible solutions, and we're going to sit down and we're going to try to figure something out. Because maybe I haven't paid enough attention to the position that we've put Black people in. You know, yeah. And I don't want to say I'm going to do this and do that. I don't know, but like this, it's on my agenda. I'm going to listen to the people.
0: Yeah. The problem <laughs> is there's no there's no empathy coming from these rich Zero. white males that have lived a different lifestyle than the rest of the populace. And so it's they're just zero. Yep. it's just it's I don't know, it's not really so much a race war, but I believe it's uh it's a it's a rich versus poor war. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things that uh we just have to dig ourselves out of and we can't rely on anybody else to do so.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's wild, man. Let's change gears though. I'm getting frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do and this kind it correlates with the Kanye West on uh Joe Rogan as well.
1: Absolutely, it does.
0: yeah, if anybody watched that podcast with Joe Rogan and Kanye West, you know we've known Kanye to be like this erratic guy, and you know really bipolar out there, in there, whatever you want to say. But uh, go ahead and give that a watch, and uh, you'll kind of know what we're talking about as well. But what was your feelings about it? But before I ask, finish that statement. My question is: Why is Kanye West so important to talk about? Why do we care about him so much?
1: Yeah. Okay. So Kanye West, I think the reason that we care about Kanye West so much is that we met Kanye through art and craft, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it was pretty consistent consensus that this guy is a genius when it comes to his craft. And so when it comes to people like that, that tend to be supremely talented, we, we, we gravitate towards them. Also when they call their shots and make their shots like in a, like athletes that we, we think are going to be great. And then they go out and they prove that they're great over and over again, they become polarizing, right? Because the people that were into the athletes are like, see, he's great. But then the rest of the world is like, it's almost like they wait for them to fail, right? You, are po- you become polarizing. It's a love them or hate them kind of thing. I think the thing with Kanye West is that he has walked in so many different sectors of society, right? So obviously the hip hop with the music, but that even translated into, I think Kanye West is the one that made hip hop music pop music. And I don't mean pop music like as a diss or like Britney Spears. I mean as its original like definition of popular music. Yeah, right? universal. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, I think he did that. Part of the reason that I have a draw to Kanye West is that Kanye West has always been himself and that's been different. And so like if you can be yourself at a time that it's not just beneficial to be yourself, so back in his early days of making beats for Rockefeller, those were street guys wearing oversized jerseys carrying guns, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Kanye West was a guy with a polo shirt and his beat machine in his backpack talking about love and singing Jesus Walks. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like he he had this supreme confidence in who he was, even though he looked totally different than everybody he was walking around with and i think that so in hip-hop kanye kind of he kind of made his mark there and then the marriage to the to the celebrity that might have been a bigger celebrity than him at the time right yeah kim kardashian that family introduced kanye to a new sector of people if you were one of the few people on earth that wasn't If you didn't quite know about Kanye West, the artist, you then met Kanye, the celebrity, right? And so crossing into that sector, it was again, a polarizing situation because the woman that he married, she's polarizing. You either look at Kim Kardashian and say, she's just a woman doing it her way. And you're a fan or you absolutely hate her, right? They're polarizing. So Kanye has been in the hip-hop world. He's been in that celebrity world. He stepped into the fashion world. He changed the sneaker game. I don't know how much you know about, like, his financial issues that he had when he left that Nike deal. But basically, Kanye West told Nike, I want royalties on each pair of shoes that are sold, right? And Nike said, we don't do royalties with anyone that's not an athlete. We'll just give you this flat rate money. And Kanye said, I'm bigger than any athlete you have. I'm a rap lead. Kanye Mm -hmm. told them, no, this is, it gets really good. He told Nike, he said, if I go down the street to Madison Square Garden, I can sell out Madison Square Garden by myself. LeBron James needs nine other players on the floor to sell it out. Tell me I'm not an athlete. Yeah, I see it. They said, right. And they said, nope. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And he even said, well, you know, they're not lining up for LeBron's. But they lining up for them Yeezys. And this is when they were with Nike. And it was crazy back then. Like, you think the Yeezy phenomenon is big now. It was major with Nike. And they were like, nope. They wouldn't pay him what he was worth. So he leaves. Goes into the agreement with Adidas, and Adidas was like, yeah, it's Yeezy brand. Do it the way you want to do it. We'll give you full control. Part of the control was he wanted to produce the shoes himself. That way, why? He owns the brand. In doing so, he put himself $53 million in debt. Not like he wasn't making that much money. Like, no, he literally was like negative $53 million but he had a vision, right? Fast forward to four 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 and a half years later, they say Bloomberg said he's worth about $5.5 billion, bro. Yeah. Jesus Christ, hold on. Yeah, so Bloomberg said he's worth about $5.5 billion.
0: Right. And
1: I think America loves a story of somebody betting on themselves and winning.
0: Hmm. That's very true. It's interesting because watching that podcast, it was kind of uh, when I was trying to think of, you know, why is this guy so important? Why do I care about him? Because, I mean, you were texting and it was almost like we knew we were about to watch something close to like the Super Bowl in a few days when the podcast was coming out. It just yes. internally, I felt that it was almost like the difference maker we about to see. We're about to here's some new insight or something that was going to give us ability to move on forward or something like that. Almost the gateway besides the pred- presidency be like, "Yo, give us something. We need something right now. Yes. And, it was, and I was just like, well, is it because he just shows us what's possible considering everything he's been through. And I was like, it was like the relatability. It was like, you know, some guy that started from the gutter and just worked his way up and what knowledge mm-hmm. he would see from the internally, especially if we have rich politicians it's always nice to, at least for myself, to get a rich point of view, such as Kanye West himself, who's a billionaire now, to get some insight, but like really for the people, by the people. It's like, yes, yes, Kanye West, I know he's gonna he's gonna just spill it out. Rather cause, you know, I love the erratic personality just cause he's frustrated with the world and shit and like that. And that's what I really want to hear. And it's almost like, you know, throughout this whole process of growing up, it's like we do want to find our tribe. Who, who can I resonate and click with the most to kind of feed off and build uh, this empire called myself? And I think mm-hmm. Kanye West is one of those people that fits within our tribe. And uh, you know, I had a lot of similarities listening to that podcast that helped me and I was like, oh my God, I was like, that's exactly the way I've been thinking for the last 10 years. And it's just, it was really refreshing to hear that.
1: And you know, it's funny you say that because I thought about you a lot while I was watching it. Right. Right. And me and you have had conversations that if other people that didn't know you know you were to hear, they would call you crazy, right? Yes. And so, like, a some, lot of... them do. <laughs> you know, yeah. They call me crazy, too. I don't give a <laughs> fuck anymore. I might be. But I was watching that. And so that's why I texted you multiple times about it because it made me he made me think of you a few different times right and the yeah. way that joe described him mm-hmm. was perfect in yeah. the beginning and what he said basically the paraphrase was he said that like people always say that Kanye's crazy and like that guy goes from one thing to another he's 100 miles an hour and joe was like <clears throat> he was like i always tell him i think he's just hooked up to a different power source yeah and it's like, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it, that really resonated with me. And it was
0: like, and I actually imagined myself talking to Joe about the same topics. And it was almost like if I was trying to talk to somebody about my weird stuff that's happening within my life. And and it was like, it was like Joe was trying to focus essentially on me, aka Kanye, Kanye West from his own perspective, using, mm-hmm. you know, logic and practical reasoning rather than what. Kind of what we're built on is imagination, dreams, and this futuristic mindset. And so it was definitely like – I can see where Joe was like, I don't quite get this or I don't know how to talk to you or really interview you besides sticking to key points and topics on a logical reason aspect. And uh, that's not who Kanye really is. And so he's just trying to make sense in terms. But also he did try to put light onto Kanye West, which was nice to see as well.
1: So at first I was thinking Joe is, this was, it was one of the first times that I had seen Joe intimidated by somebody but that was wrong. I was wrong in that thought at first because he later described he made an observation that put it into context basically what you just said that he was doing during the interview.
0: Yeah, He
1: said that he was tired of seeing Kanye get interviewed by people that had like ulterior motives. Mm -hmm. That like Wanted to force a soundbite or or force a conversation somewhere. And he was like, I don't think you're that kind of person. So I I only just want to let you go. Right. And so and it was funny because Kanye also at the same time wanted to be interviewed and stay question to question because he was very aware of when he had went off on a rift, as he would call him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he would be going and going, and he'd be like, I know I just took you on that rift. What was you saying? Let's get back to it. I think Kanye wanted to show he's not crazy, right? I'm not just out here yelling, like, this is just how my mind works. But I do want to answer these questions as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway?
0: It's interesting. So it actually involves uh, several quotes, like that was just beautiful. So there was a segment in there where every line that he said was quotable. And I'm about to quote a couple here. It was quotable, but it was almost like it was a uh, he was rapping his lyrics in talk form. And mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Wait, is this a is this his pattern that he's using?" He's just going to it's like a built-in system where it's like dot 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 on beat type thing. Mm-hmm. And and I was hoping he didn't stay like that, where it was kind of this robotic messenger doing like that, because I, I wanted to hear the if ends or buts and him stuttering, because I wanted some more thought involved as opposed to something coming from a source and just being spit out, which is still beautiful. But here are a couple of quotes that just made me be like, sums up the whole thing in Kanye's vision. And these first five ones, he said in a row. He didn't say anything else. These he said them in a row, and I kept track. And so he started one, I have to be the higher me quote. Mm -hmm. He said, and then he said, the devil will turn against you. And these are all you can deep dive into any of these and so many different fractals. It's beautiful. Another one, he said, I think in full color. Mm. Another one, when I talk, it's a symphony of ideas.
1: And he said, those.
0: Back to back.
1: That one. That, I love that one. I loved that one.
0: When I talk, it's a symphony of, of ideas. Yes, it just resonates so beautifully. And then, the world is, is crazy and a world full of lives. Hmm. And then he said, time is love. And it's like, ooh.
1: Yeah, there's just some yeah.
0: poetry and motion with him right now. And then he goes, see what it is to overcome the smokescreen of public humiliation death, etc. Perhaps we've always evolved and we just look at the future generation. And it's almost like we want to know if there's something in the future that gives us more or solve something or something to work for. And he was kind of mm-hmm. building upon that in his mindset. And so it was definitely, uh, it almost like it just felt like I was had a conversation with myself and I was able to look <clears throat> at it and, it and it felt great to me.
1: I agree. Uh, it was it was refreshing for me to like see him find excitement in some of the questions, you know what I mean mm-hmm. And I think I pointed pointed a couple of them out to you like when he was uh, speaking about his father. Yeah and it's like so in all honesty, I was hesitant about this whole interview process and you, you know why? Cause like the last time I sat down with the excitement for a Joe Rogan interview was Mike Tyson. And I wasn't a big fan of how that interview went. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I didn't feel like for the, for like the first time I didn't feel like maybe Joe was being authentic in his approach to how he was going to do this. Right. Yeah, I was very I was very I was impressed with Joe I really was the only thing that I, I wish he kind of would have did that he didn't do and I kind of understand why he didn't but Kanye brought up his father quite a few times in this interview and we don't know much about the father right he slowly mentions that the father's in Dominican Republic and you know my dad says this and my dad says that and it's like we never hear about the father side of Kanye, but he got excited every time he talked about it. And so it made me wonder if maybe his relationship with his father has improved since his mother passed away or since he had children. Right.
0: And would that and help you get into the mind of Kanye a bit better yes, if you knew about his father?
1: Yeah. Cause so to me, he seemed very in control. Kanye West doesn't seem a radical crazy to me now, Right mm-hmm. now, You know what I mean? He seems like he has more control and he's very grounded in what he is doing. And I believe that, well, he spoke about it. His mother passing away hurt him because she was the one that grounded him. That wasn't just his mom. That was his business manager. Huh. She was mom, manager, single mom. So it's just her. He's an only child, right? So, like, I believe Kanye's always seen in color. And she's been able to just kind of slowly bring him back to reality. If she, or I don't have a better word, I don't want to say reality because it does make it sound crazy, but you know what I mean, right? She's been kind of, she was able to keep the lid on it. When she abruptly passes away, I don't think there's anyone that's in Kanye's stratosphere that could bring him down. And when I say stratosphere, because remember when she, she passed away, I think it was late registration, shortly after that. Kanye's on top of the fucking world. Mega celebrity at this time, right? Yeah. So, also he was drinking heavily. And so that's when you have the Taylor Swift issue on stage and a lot of different him trying to figure out who he's going to be after his mom is now gone to not tell him what direction to go in. And so I I was going to also ask if like maybe the the new public religious Kanye because Kanye West has always been religious. That's one thing that I do want to clear up that people talk about a lot. So It's like, Oh, now he's selling God. And I'm like, you guys are aware that on his demo that he shopped to Rockefeller to Columbia records, Jesus walks was the main song on that demo. Yeah. I was going to say, <clears throat> listen, the words in that song is, Jesus walks, God showed me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. That's the words he's always been like, this isn't, does that makes like, it bothers me when people say it like now he's selling God. And I'm like, you have not listened to much Kanye. Have you? Right. He's always had this complex in his music. And it's like, um, so he was saying that he hit that period where he's almost out of control, right? He's doing, he's got too much going on and he always knew God was there, but he didn't always listen to God's plan. And so he said that he was careful about his prayers because he was praying arrogantly, right. And praying for stupid things. I don't know if you caught that part. Oh but he yeah, said, sure he surely did. did. He said, yeah. I I pray to God to not feel pain. And he's like, and like, it was an arrogant prayer And God answered my prayer. He took my mom away. And now I can never feel a pain as as heavy as that pain. So ultimately, he gave me what I want. But it, it showed me I was being arrogant in my prayers, right? And so he said after that, he's in the whirlwind of doing all of these things. And he's on tour. And while he's on tour with the fashion stuff, and the freaking tour that he had, the, float, the stage floating, is when Kim gets robbed in Paris, right? Yeah. So he goes to be with her because it's a traumatic situation. But he comes back to the States, and what does he do? Goes right back on the road again. And he said that, like, God, he didn't always listen to God. And so he said he was in Sacramento at that, that last concert where halfway through the song, he just says, it's finished now. And walks off stage. He said that's his, that was his mother's voice coming through him. Like everything was going on. Everything was, everything was coming to, it was beginning to be too much for Kanye to handle alone. And it was like, his mom came through and said, it's finished. And he's like, I just had to walk off the stage. The next day is when they started medicating him. So he says, he kind of alluded to that's when he started to find his religious, his religion. I wonder if he found his father in that time, too. Hmm. I don't know, but I wonder if like they became closer because then he said he started doing the Sunday service where he would bring the choir out to the mountains and they would just sing. Right. And he did it because it felt pure and it felt good. And as he said, it took him about four months to even get saved. So like when he first started doing it it wasn't to start a church or anything like that it was just to to feel good and then like it spoke to him but i think when he said you know we took the choir the best choir in the world up to the mountains to sing i would have asked him kanye you went up into the mountains were you trying to sing to your mother was you trying to get the crowd loud enough for her? Was was that how did you connect with her up there? Because she's passed away. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm or sure like he said, God, God. Yeah. I, I I would like him to just talk. I don't know. I'm guessing. I, but I would have liked to hear him when the, how that connection was made, right? Because yeah. he's went to God and he stopped cussing and he and he's done everything he said he's gonna do and like. It's just he seems so in control right now you know what i mean and it's it was refreshing to see it really it really was refreshing to see because do now do you feel like do you feel like he's what do you think the overall view of Kanye do you think this interview helps or hurts Kanye uh
0: i don't think it matters i think he's found the person who he wants to be And he's just here for, the podcast was just more for our entertainment. Um, When I saw my reflection in him, to me it was like, there's these these helpers of the world. You know, this awakening that happens to certain people where you have like a higher mission, higher purpose than yourself. And I believe he's one of those people. And it was almost like, he's just realized he's... He gets to trust his own process and Mm -hmm. go from there. And it's just using himself as a role model that we have the example of. But I I think he's just, he's focused on his end game. Yeah. And anything in between then, it's just whatever. He just knows his end game. And I do believe he knows who
1: killed Bob Marley.
0: Drop Mike. (laughs)
1: <laughs> he, 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 made he didn't look- want to go into it but i wish he would
0: have <laughs> i swear to god yeah if you don't know you don't yeah, know right? yeah, like he was yeah. just like mm, he made this look like mm, like
1: important yeah.
0: now but he knows something
1: something <laughs> else that was kind of fucked up that he 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 kind of said that people skipped i think people are going to skip over or maybe not catch was when he was talking about what they, the medicine they put him on yeah when he's like they put me on this medicine and it was like making me fat And I said, I'm not taking that medicine no more because it makes me fat. And then they said, okay, we'll give you the one that doesn't make you fat. Why didn't they just give him that one anyways?
0: Oh, yeah. So
1: he was what he was alluding to was that he thought they were trying to kill him. Because if you give me a medication that makes me fat, it gives me all kinds of other health issues that I didn't have before. That's what he was trying to allude to with the, They gave me something to make me fat. And when I went back and said, I wasn't going to take this anymore because it's making me fat. They said, oh, okay, well, we'll give you the one that doesn't make you fat then. Yeah. And so he says, he thinks like he, he was just pointing it out to be like, they were trying to do this to me. And I caught it because he named all the people that died for quote unquote, medical misuses of medicines, Prince, Michael Jackson, Bob Marley. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So yeah.
0: And then yeah, makes sense. And that's where his paranoia comes from. It's just trust issues, which, you know, he nobody's given reason to be like, hey, trust me, Kanye. Kanye is a is a big fucking star and everyone just wants that. Everyone's fucking just greedy right now. And and I actually saw that in Joe in a couple parts and it's so funny because uh <laughs> so I was having some I was having some drinks while I was listening to this too, because I wanted to uh gain a, a, a lot of different perspective and kind of alcohol helps me with that and i just like soak myself into the position of kanye where i'm listening to joe so i can like be there uh spiritually so to say and i wrote down around the two fifteen mark two hours and 15 minute mark i wrote joe is an asshole <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then after that i wrote dot 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 joe is cia <laughs>
1: Context.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna have to go back, and I was about to click this video here to see what I meant at 2:15 to see, well, maybe say Joe's an asshole, and then the end of the whole summary, I was like, nah, I think Joe's a CIA.
1: <laughs> I don't know which one is worse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, we got a sleeper cell right here. That's funny. <laughs> yep. On to the future, man
1: that's wow it's um overall i was like i said i was happy about it though it, i thought i thought everybody did as good as they could do uh i did like that that joe just kind of let him go you know he he didn't he he attempted to kind of rein it in just to get the questions in but even in that I, I thought he did i thought he did well um that he i was more worried about joe than i was kanye and i'm, be, I'm just being honest just because yeah same here I didn't know what to expect from him. Um, that Mike Tyson interview left a bad taste in my mouth. You know, yeah. I
0: did like to see that this was three hours long. Uh, you know, a slight change from his regular, like you know, two hour yeah. long podcast. So I was like, I knew there was going to be a little more in depth and stuff like that. Yeah, and it was definitely it's refreshing funny. just to hear Kanye talk. Just uh, especially with everything going on now, it was just nice to to see hear somebody about you know, you know, working on their own. Uh, power moves, like, you know, ergonomics and shit like that, that he's really working on and all these different avenues doing.
1: Did you, did you take anything in particular away that like you're going to change, maybe change about yourself or be more conscious of or go all in on? Actually,
0: when I uh, listened to it all, it was kind of like um, when I was talking about, there's like, there's just people out there who have uh, an in-depth mission uh sometimes i i don't focus on other people's mission because i know at the end we're all going to meet there at the same point and it was almost like i like to people i like to let people loose do their own thing and that way we can meet eventually at the end and be like this is what we've all created together and our different avenues and segments mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all but
1: yeah no it, it definitely makes sense uh There was nothing really I could take away from it. It wasn't. But I didn't go into it looking to take something away from it. I just went into it like, I know quite a bit about Kanye just because I'm a fan of the music so deeply. And his early music was a direct reflection of himself, right? Yeah. And so you learn a lot about a person through their, you can learn a lot about a person through how they handle what they care about the most. And I think music is something that's really, really, really up there with Kanye. So, like, if they put that much care into it, you know what I mean? Like, I I felt like I knew a lot about him. I wasn't looking to learn something new just to maybe see if anything had changed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I am a believer that, like, we don't like to let celebrities change. You know what I mean? Like, we don't like to let them grow into something else or become something else just because... I don't know. Society just doesn't do that well, but I don't mind people that were like, well, yeah, I was, I was 22 then. You know what I mean? I'm 35 now. I know I don't feel the same way or no, I'm not running around crazy or no, I'm not this and that. Or perhaps I was an idiot back then, you know, because we don't, we just don't let people grow anymore. And I was just watching to see if he'd grown and I, I could tell that he had. But I just wanted a little bit more in depth about that, especially with the father thing. Man, I wish I could sit down with him for like twenty minutes. You know what I mean? Just because he had some genuine excitement in his face every time he mentioned his father, and it's significant because he just doesn't ever mention his father.
0: Right?
1: Yeah, I didn't even like, know he had a
0: father. I just didn't cross my head,
1: bro. He's never he never talks about his father, not in a good way, not in a bad way, nothing like ever. And so I was just like he keeps bringing this up. This is significant, right? Like he wants to talk about his dad today. And I'm like I wonder if like I wonder if he has a connection with his dad now that's 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 good for him, you know.
0: Yeah, and and it's kind of hard to say, but you know, you get that older generation perspective. Yeah, he might man. not have time for his father to be able to like, "Look, dad, this is this is the times, and this is what, what other I think. Interesting thing.
1: Another interesting thing I found is, it's nothing super psychological or great about it, but that he's his own CEO now. Yeah. reason, <laughs> guess who I hired for my CFO? Me. That was like the old Kanye. The way he delivered it to me. <laughs> yeah. But he was like, because he was like, he's, you can do it all, bro. You can do it. He's like, I'm managing like $5 billion. He's like, I, I had realized that like, They were just spending money and I didn't know where the money was going. So now, in his Adidas and in his Gap contract, they can't talk to anybody but Kanye. You can't call his manager. You can't call his lawyer or anything like that. If you want to get approved, if Adidas wants approval for a color, they got to call Kanye directly, bro. (laughs) He's making every decision in his business right now. That's impressive. Yeah. As a as a person that runs a super small business that ain't making nothing near anything like that. Let me tell you. There are days that I'm just like I need somebody to be doing this little tedious shit, right? That's impressive. That's impressive. He books the flights for people that he needs to come out and work with. Like it think about. It, that's a lot, bro. He oh, cuts yeah. the checks. He's, He's doing signs. it. He's, He's doing, doing it all. Listen, if you're telling me that man is crazy, I need a little crazy in my life. Because yep. he seems grounded and he's doing a lot right now. And I'm not even going to get into the the city, the, the island in Haiti that they're giving him to make a, a city of the future. What he's doing on his own property, his schooling takes all of that. Sh- Man, listen, y'all better listen to Kanye and not just hear Kanye.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot of
1: times y'all just hear Kanye or you read the Kanye tweets. You should probably listen to Kanye.
0: Yep,
1: and if you can't watch, yes, that's all I got on it, man.
0: Yeah, that's it right there. Bada bing, bada boom.
1: So yeah, I'm gonna go watch the Dodgers and hope they hope they win tonight because originally I was hoping they lost because I placed a bet earlier, but it was a parlay bet. Yeah, on a, a soccer game and the game tonight for the Rays to win but my soccer team fucked me. So I don't really give a shit what happens now. I just want to see the Dodgers win a world series. So
0: I'm hoping for it. Might have to just go back to eating some ass, man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I've never actually done that, but I got to tell you the older I'm getting, I'm getting closer, bro. I'm getting closer. (laughs) Jelly or syrup. (laughs) Hey, All right, man. Well, listen, if you, Listen to this and you hung with me through my rambles today and you enjoyed our conversation. Please, please, please leave us a review. Leave us a comment in Apple Podcast. Um, also, subscribe in Spotify if you listen to Spotify. Pretty soon, we're going to have like video video up on YouTube. Right now, the audio is there. So if you're listening there, subscribe, comment, like, all that good stuff. You can find us on Instagram at Cloud Conversations Pod. That's all I got. Anything, Loreano?
0: Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, just want to remind everybody this is a podcast for ourselves. So when me and Harvey look back when we're in the 80s and 90 years old, uh, we can call this our digital photo album in video form. You know, if you ever think you've you already wanted to record that badass conversation you, over, you had over the phone with your buddies but never did, well, this is to us for not saying what if. Hater or love it, we still love you. We appreciate you for tuning in. All right, peace. Peace.